0: Coming up on past the secret sauce,
1: you know, what is the lifetime value? Because we may find someone that wants a quick solution, mm-hmm. you know, it's a quick sell, but then, you know, that customer is kind of a one and done thing. So we look at the back end as well, you know, like what are, what, where are customers coming from that are, you know, becoming, you know, a customer for life?
0: Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Timothy Dick, who is the CEO and founder of Profit Layer. Timothy has a... Incredible background, incredible story of being a serial entrepreneur uh, from his early days as one of the first executives at HostGator, which if you've spent any time on uh, any type of web Uh, development. You've seen HostGator, you know the HostGator name, uh, incredibly, incredibly large brand name. So we get into some of the stories about how they grew HostGator into the behemoth that it is today. Uh, He's actually started numerous multiple seven-figure businesses. He's been uh, featured in the Inc. 5000 list for three different companies. And he's he's again, founded a number of different different types of companies in different industries. So we get into all of the ins and outs of all of the different learnings that he has created and taken from all of these different experiences over the years. And he's rolled all of that knowledge and experience into his new company called Profit Layer, which we get into exactly what they do and who that's for. Again, great, great story about growing companies and scaling companies and doing that effectively and efficiently. Uh, Timothy has a great deal of experience in doing exactly that. And if you're looking, uh, and obviously who isn't looking to grow and scale their company, uh, you're not going to want to miss Timothy Dick's uh, episode here on Pass the Secret Sauce. That's
1: interesting. I actually was... Born and raised in rural West Virginia, you know a very typical, you know, typical childhood. And you know, my dad was a coal miner, um, my mom was a homemaker, you know. And so the dinner table was really, I guess, just for you know having dinner. Sometimes together, you know, all at once. Sometimes kind of spread out. I mean, it wasn't really a formal type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that, you know, most of the conversations, you know, were definitely not entrepreneurial, you know, it was more, you know, about family and, you know, things that were going on, you know, school, things like that. So I guess you would say pretty typical, maybe just not, it wasn't really a big formal thing
0: yeah and and so we'll get into some of your long list of of experiences and successes here in a minute, but you kind of just touched on that that you didn't really have an entrepreneurial upbringing you know you weren't really exposed to it no. that much where do you have any ideas or or can you remember back when it first started hitting you you know to to go out and do things on your own
1: yeah i mean for for whatever reason you know i've been told by, you know, my parents and relatives that even, you know, at a very early age, you know, I would always say, you know, things like, you know, I'm going to be in California or New York, or, you know, I'm going to move somewhere to a bigger city, you know, and I guess once where this came from, I have no idea, but once apparently I even, you know, threatened to sue the kindergarten teacher. (laughs) Because I didn't think she had the proof that she could force us to take a nap. <laughs> and, you know, my, I definitely didn't hear that from my parents, you know, so yeah. I don't know where that came from. But I was always, you know, just, I always felt very different, you know, and I just felt like, you know, I, I want more than what is here, you mm-hmm. know, and more than what is available, you know, when I, when I was in, growing up in West Virginia. I mean, great people, great town, you know, and everything, but I I just knew that there, there were bigger things. Mm-hmm. And so the first real taste of that was whenever I started getting on the internet, you know, and this would have been in the 90s, you know, getting, you know, on the internet, the very first, you know, dial up, all that. And From there, I was pretty much off to the races because I was always like a really, you know, like a really smart kid in terms of, you know, like schoolwork and everything. So I would finish that very early. And a lot of the teachers that I had were very, you know, supportive and I would get on the internet at school and then got on the internet at home and just kept learning. And I, I realized that wow, there, there are some opportunities here. Mm-hmm. And I actually started my first business when I was in just starting middle school. So I guess, wow. 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And really since,
0: and, and is that like legitimate, uh, like LLC filing and all of that? Like real
1: back then that was, that was sole proprietorship and it was essentially just self-taught computer repair. Okay. And I always just looked at it at that point. as like, I'm, I can solve a lot of problems, you know, but mm-hmm. if there's something I can't figure out, I just won't charge the person. And, you know, I put up flyers, you know, and I put like little display ad in the local newspaper and everything. And, and that just kind of built up kind of a lot of confidence and being able to just figure figure things out. And then the real catalyst, though, was during that time when I got into web design. And that was all self-taught too. And this was basically back during the time where, you know, like if text moved on page, you know, that was like the greatest thing. And, you know, it was very basic, but, you know, I got into web design and basically here I was in middle school, basically from middle school on, I've never had a year where I made less than six figures. Mm -hmm. So I was this middle schooler, and you know, I was doing web design for all these people all over because I realized the power of the internet mm-hmm. you can reach people exactly. all over the place. And you know this was I, I mean, I think PayPal was just coming out as like x.com or something back mm-hmm. in the day. You know, so most of the time, like I was getting these money orders showing up for thousands of dollars. and you know so I was this middle schooler making six figures. My parents had no idea what I'm doing. They're like (laughs) kind of worried, kind of confused. They didn't even really use computers at the time. Yeah. And so they're just like, I hope you're not selling drugs, doing anything illegal. Like, where's all this money coming from? What are you doing? And it really, I kind of turned into this local celebrity. I mean, I was, you know, in the newspaper all the time. Like, the, small town was getting recognition from like the state government. And it was just, it was this crazy, crazy time, but yeah, you know, that's kind of how I got to got start. And then web design led into web hosting because yep. web hosting to me, that's when things really clicked in terms of like the compound effect of like subscription income and recurring mm-hmm. income, because I thought, you know, it's nice to be able to like, make a website, but, you know, they have to pay to have it hosted somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, which is basically like, you know, I always just say like, basically the server and internet connection on the other side of what someone at home, mm-hmm. you know, is using whenever they access a website. And so I got into web hosting and that was really, you know, through high school, finished high school early and just kind of continued in the web hosting
0: path. So. So when you first got into web hosting, were you like setting up racks of servers or something in your bedroom or how, you know, how did you, how did you start start um, that out?
1: I I was just, I actually started with just getting a reseller account. Okay. And then I started getting my own servers. When I first started cPanel, which most people are probably familiar with now, it hadn't been released yet. You know, Mm -hmm. it was... I was a beta tester for it actually it was exclusive to one facility at the time like one data center you had to get a server there in order to get cPanel so I used sort of the reseller account moved on to getting dedicated servers so you know which is basically you know just like leasing for a monthly fee an entire mm-hmm. server and then within you know you so you might pay like $200 a month for a server that's in a data center somewhere else, fully, you know, connected to the internet and all of that. And then on that server, you know, I would essentially like subdivide the space, you know, and could put hundreds of accounts on that server, you know, that were all paying, you know, twenty, thirty dollars a month.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it was it was pretty profitable. You know, the only other thing was really support, you know, and I was always able to to you know handle that so i just you know kept growing that and you know really got established in the web hosting industry
0: that's fin- that, that, that's amazing and so so obviously that foundation led you to essentially be the senior vp of of hostgator which probably pretty well everyone listening knows who hostgator yeah, is yeah so
1: what happened there is you know i finished high school early was 17 wanted you know, to move. So I moved to upstate New York to actually, and I merged like my web hosting company, which was fairly small. I mean, it was only six figures, but it was, you know, that's fairly small into a little bit larger hosting company and went there. So I was the VP of business development there and then VP of operations and just, it just wasn't a good fit. Just did not really gel well with the founder of that company, but I'd kind of rolled my company into it to take a job there and move to New York. And then through the industry, you know, I'd, I had met Brent, the founder of Foskater, you know, mostly on message boards. You know, that was really kind of the web hosting talk, you know, industry message boards at the time. And he had he knew that I was pretty well established in the industry, knew it. And he had started HostGator, was starting to grow, and he said, hey, do you want to move down to Florida and, you know, help grow HostGator? And it was just kind of – it was an interesting time because we, you know, we obviously didn't know what HostGator would turn into. Mm-hmm. You know, it was doing pretty well at the time growing, but – so I moved down to Florida. He and I had values that were – seemed more aligned, and then, yeah, it, it, was, it was literally – we were in a situation there where it was like, you know, he said, I don't really know what you're going to do. Pick your title. You know, I know it'll be good, you know, and I know you can help. I just don't know what. So we, we went there, you know, and, and I've set up a lot of the initial business processes because it was growing so fast and he was so focused on the growth that I'm like, okay, you know, we need to, you know, have better accounting, you know, we need to have some more operational structure, things like that. So, you know, and, I put all that in place.
0: And and when you're saying that, like, can you describe what that, what that means? Are you essentially creating the, the processes and procedures, the manuals? What, is, what does that look like when you're doing that?
1: I think honestly, it was really the best way to describe it would be that, you know, at the time he was really still running HostGator as kind of like, a solopreneur would, in terms of he was basically doing everything, mm-hmm. and even though there were, I think at the time about nine or ten employees already, and so but he was still just kind of manually doing everything. So like for accounting, you know, I'm like, what accounting software you know that we use? He's like, I just like save everything and give it to the CPA at the end of the year, and they enter it all in, mm-hmm. and. I'm like, well, how are you tracking things? And it's just like, I don't know. All I know is like the bank balance just keeps going up, up, <laughs> up, you know? And like, it's so that was happening so fast, <laughs> yeah. you know? And Host Skater just had a lot of magic. And so we we ended up within about six months from the time I moved there, we decided that, you know, we're growing so fast, South Florida, we couldn't really hire as many people as we needed to hire mm-hmm. easily. So we moved to Houston, bought. So we went from this 1,500 square foot space in a strip mall that was like, and at the, we had like 15, 20 people there, you know, working out of that little space. And then we went from that 1,500 square foot strip mall space to buying 35,000 square foot wow. building in Houston. And it was one of those things where we thought, we'll never run out of space. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, the building was four stories. We had the, entire fourth floor the other three floors had tenants you know so it was it was a great move for us and then things just really skyrocketed and then it was like yeah we're not renewing any of these leases we need another building like everything's full you know and during that time we you know hired hundreds of mm-hmm. new employees and grew went on at that point you know we were had about 3 million Sites hosted, a couple hundred employees, very, we didn't, there was no, with HostGator, there was never any outside investment, outside debt, anything like that. You know, it was all just Mm -hmm. basically from growth compounding and rolling back into the company. And we got to a point where uh, Brent, the founder said, hey, can you go start another company? (laughs) And, you know, I'm like, well, I mean... I kind of like what we have going here, you know, things are good, you know, but his, his view on that was like, you know, he was very, all of his, uh, pretty much his entire net worth was tied up in HostGator. So, mm-hmm. and he's like, can you just go start a company? I'll invest whatever you need into the company and provide all the capital. And, you know, I just want a stake in that company. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that's what led me to start, really in parallel, while I was still, you know, senior VP at HostGator, basically, you know, I launched a voice of IP company, VoIPO, V-O-I-P-O, which I actually still own today. So it was, it's about 14 years old. And it the thought with it was that, you know, we love the recurring revenue, the subscription revenue, which mm-hmm. web hosting obviously was, you know, and, but not everybody needs a website you know, like businesses maybe, but not consumers. So we wanted to go broader. And so that's where we, you know, launched Voipo. And, you know, it was, it was something that Hostgator was, you know, his baby. He, you know, he owned Hostgator fully. And so when I started the new company, that was really my baby.
2: Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. Okay.
1: Voipo. So it was
0: were you completely able to use, separated. Were you able to use Hostgator as the back end to, to host all of the, the.
1: Yeah, we were able to, you know, we had servers and stuff yeah. from Hostgator. And we also had a little bit of a boost from being able to cross promote right. and, you know, promote to Hostgator customers. And so when VoIPO started, you know, it, I mean, it, it was a much higher barrier of entry. I mean, we spent over a million dollars before we even. Started selling service. Yeah. You know, so with it, you know, we built it out. And then as, you know, as it grew, you know, I just kind of phased more out of Hostgator, you know, and Hostgator continued to, to grow. Once I was really fully focused on VoIPo, I decided to move, move the company to Southern California from Houston. I just wasn't really a big fan of Houston. And at that point, I was looking at quality of life too. Yeah, Because, you know, I mean, we've already had a successful company, you know, had, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons to California, but the, it was just more the lifestyle that I wanted. So moved, you know, moved it there. HostGator went on, you know, and I was still kind of, I would come, you know, help with like strategic things, you know, through the end, but HostGator ended up exiting and selling to a an investment company for the exit was a couple hundred million dollars a few years later so yeah that's kind of the web hosting component of things
0: yeah very impressive so what what was it i mean obviously you you just went through two two different businesses that one one i guess sort of piggybacked off of the success of the other one are were, were there any common similarities between the two that you can say that these were sort of specific strategic steps or or you know commonalities that really help propel that company forward anything come to mind as as far as what what you would suggest again maybe somebody's setting up a company today what can they take from some of the learnings that that you just did with two very successful
1: companies yeah so so let's say you know hostgator and voipo and like i said voipo you know i still own today you know Mm -hmm. and it's 14 years old you know so that's a pretty long time for phone service. But interestingly, we still have some customers that, you know, have been with us for 10 years, 12 years, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, one of the biggest things that, that I think we really did is we didn't do everything that we were, you know, quote, supposed to do mm-hmm. it because we didn't have that influence. And if we, if a lot of our competitors, you know, had, you know, they had raised, you know, outside capital they you know had a lot of or they took on debt or you know they did things that exposed them to a lot of other people that were kind of like this is the way you do things this is how you do things we didn't have that exposure so we just kind of did what we thought was best and it's really interesting but we just took a very common sense approach to everything you know we uh, reinvested very heavily into the companies you know mm-hmm. to fuel growth we uh, focused very heavily on customer service and providing a good service that was always improving because we knew with the recurring revenue that you know if we could just keep providing you know a good service and back that up with good customer service that you know the recurring revenue would continue to build mm-hmm. and we we just focused on the service really. We focused on the service and the customer service more so than we did trying to generate a profit mm-hmm. because that that was just kind of like a byproduct of focusing on you know providing a good service and really connecting with customers. So a second thing that kind of, you know, is part of that is that we were very transparent and open with our customers. You know, mm-hmm. you know, at host skater Brent was even through you know, after HostGator was well into, you know, hundreds of millions, you know, in terms of revenue, you know, he was still interacting with customers, you know, not all customers, but it was very, you know, well known that it was like, hey, you know, if you are having a problem, you can't get it resolved through the normal channels. uh, Here's my direct email. And he Mm -hmm. would reply to those personally. You know, I did the same thing with Foipo. And because there, you know, there are always going to be issues that come up you know, whether that's like, you know, an occasional outage or, you know, a service problem or, you know, like maybe a new employee doesn't understand something. And so, you know, we would always just say for, you know, both companies, I would, you know, look with FOIPO, I would say, you know, try to get your issues resolved through the normal channels, but you can email the owner directly and email me if you have issues there and I'll fix it you know Mm -hmm. I'll do I might not be able to solve your problem you know if it's a technical problem but I can either get the right person involved or you know I can correct you know something that you know that came up you know just to make sure that the experience is good
0: yeah yeah so all all about customer service which is absolutely you know I mean focus on your customers and everything else falls into place it's what we always focus on as well so completely completely agree there talk a little bit about what you're what you're doing today and and what your focus is i mean obviously you still have you know the Mm -hmm. voipo company but, but what are you what are you into these days
1: yeah so so i still have voipo and voipo's you know continuing to grow it's you know telecom's a pretty stable stable business you know and so After, you know, after having, you know, certain level of success, I kind of got into doing some angel investing and, you know, some other companies were asking me to, you know, consult for them. And so I ended up starting a consulting company called Profit Layer. And, you know, the concept with that was that, you know, in any business, there, there are multiple layers that go into things and, depending on the type of business and all the different variables, there may be like more layers to it or fewer, or some of them may need to be thicker, you know, than others. But, you know, I started working with a lot of companies because since I had had all that past experience, you know, in terms of like building companies, both, you know, as like a solopreneur and in time during rapid scaling, you know, during a time, where there was an exit and just all of those things, you know, I just had a lot of experience to really share. So sort of doing consulting, you know, which the industries on that varied a lot. And that was one of the things that was attractive to me because it was kind of in a position where it's like, you know, I don't really need to make more money, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm, I'm 34 now. So, you know, I'm kind of, it's like, I got to do something. And one of the ways to do that was obviously, you know, through angel investing, you know, but I I consider that to be kind of gambling Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, because you typically the bulk of your investments, you lose, you know, you have a few winners, but I wanted to, to work more one-on-one, you know, with people and, and help them. And just because sometimes there were these things that people, like now one of the most common things is people see a lot of stuff online that's just not true or it's just, you know, it's a very one size fits all type thing. Like, you know, everyone's like, well, you need to build a webinar. You need to do Facebook ads. You need to do all these different things. And it's like any of those could work. You know, there, there's a place for, you know, all of these different things, but the problem is a lot of people are telling businesses to, that you have to do one thing, here's the path. And mm-hmm. that's just not true, you know, because depending on the business, what they do, what they sell, who they're targeting, what their goals are, there's so many things that go into that, you know, the things that they do both on an operational side, you know, on a marketing side, on struct, just structuring their business, it, you know, varies a lot. And so I, you know, worked with a lot of those companies, and then just, through word of mouth, that's really kind of grown. One issue that kept coming up though was that, you know, we would kind of lay out marketing plans for growth for the companies that were looking for that. Then they had problems getting the, getting it actually executed, okay. you know, and I, I really didn't want to be in the agency business. You know, I really like consulting because we were able to take a very, a much broader view of things and not just say, hey, we're going to run run your ads or mm-hmm. we're going to do things like, you know, like we're literally looking at the business from top to bottom and, you know, helping people uh, solve things out beyond marketing. But for the ones that did need marketing, it was coming up a lot that they just were having bad experiences with agencies or agencies were just very focused on one thing. So like if it was like primarily like a Facebook ads agency, then that's the only thing they want wanted people to do
0: yeah
1: you know if it's like a google ads agency you know that's all they they did it's not even necessarily you know like that they're doing anything nefarious it's just that that's, that's that what they do so yeah yep. you know that's what they're offering you know yep. and we ended up you know acquiring another uh, an agency to be an arm of the consulting company because we needed to fulfill that and I had a very different viewpoint, you know, with with the agency because I had spent tens of millions of dollars personally on Google Ads and mm-hmm. not quite as much on Facebook, but you know, I had spent money over the years growing my own businesses. So I had a really different perspective on spending, you know, someone's money on advertising, you know, mm-hmm. as an agency, you know, like we look at Yes, we want to maximize the return, but we also want to limit the losses because you know i when you're spending your own money versus spending someone else's, it's yeah it's a very different feeling. And so uh, with the agency, you know we took we you know started working with clients that you know I consulted with and basically expanded from there and now you know the agency takes clients directly or some clients I work with as a consultant and You know, if they need marketing, you know, they go to the agency, but we really just look at like the whole picture because everybody is, you know, typically looking at, well, I got cheaper leads or, you know, I, all these vanity metrics and it's like, okay, but let's look at like what specifically made money, you know, or, you know, a campaign may produce cheap leads, but if like, it takes way more leads to close a deal versus a campaign that maybe the leads cost more, but you know, the closing ratio is higher. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of stuff that by taking like the big picture view and not, you know, we still obviously fo- focus a lot on data and metrics, but you know, by looking kind of beyond that and utilizing like the business experience from the past to really interpret all that data and put it mm-hmm. together. We get really good results for our clients there. So today, like, you know, I still kind of split my time with, and I'm continuing to grow VoIPO and then working, you know, with clients in a lot of different industries, really. We have kind of a high concentration in the personal development space, coaches and consultants, you know, and we have some clients that are spending, you know, in terms of marketing, you know, like probably as low as $5,000, some that are spending, five hundred thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm, you know, so yeah, you know, and, and for me it's it's really it's really exciting to be able to help people in different industries and get to see all these different industries and connect things and just really help people grow because I look back at my history and, you know, I was, you know, at a small town in West Virginia and building a business on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. really completely changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah. You know, since middle school, like I said, you know, I've never made less than six figures. It's been a while since I've made less than seven and it, you know, I not now here I am in, you know, Southern California, you know, it's a great team, you know, great, great life. And, you know, I, all that, uh, you know, can be attributed to, you know, building, building a business and learning how to do all of that through experience and the mm-hmm. internet
0: yeah no makes perfect sense so so, one of the things that I want to touch on just really quickly here before sure. we wrap up is your experience with the advertising and all that, because again, you hear you touched on it, you hear yeah. all of these different things, you know YouTube is working the best right now, Facebook is working the best. you got to run video ads on Facebook. When you look at any of the companies that you're consulting with. How do you determine which is right for what company? And again, I know that you touched on mm-hmm. the fact that there's a lot of different variables that you know go into that decision. But you know, is there is there any type of rule of thumb or anything like that that you know? I don't know if it's by the industry or by the you know the type of content that they have available or what, what it is. How would you choose which one would be best suited for? Sure. company
1: yeah there are really a couple things like one of the things you know is what is the most natural fit for the company and what they're offering and you know and that's not only just the as a company but as you know a business owner so let's say someone is not comfortable making videos they're not comfortable on video then a video heavy strategy is probably not good for them Mm -hmm. so we try to figure out what is naturally a good fit that will flow well with people because you know they could get a video produced but maybe that person really likes to rate so you know mm-hmm. we might do something that's more content heavy with them the other thing is really just kind of going by the data and getting a, a baseline exposure everywhere we're very big on diversification and even if it's just using multiple ads platforms at a very low level and you know maybe one of them is kind of your primary we still like to build audiences on all the platforms even if it's just retargeting based just because we have we've seen the volatility in that you know facebook suspends accounts Mm -hmm. all the time you know and you usually dispute dispute it get it back everything's so ai driven so we diversify you know, by default, you know, when we basically from that, we can generally see kind of some trends, even again, you know, a low budget on maybe YouTube ads, Google display, we do native and programmatic ads that are just kind of like, because everybody thinks like Facebook, Google, you know, that's really kind of the main places to advertise Facebook, Google, YouTube falls under Google, Instagram falls under Facebook. But if you really look at it in terms of ad inventory that's just like 20% of the internet mm-hmm. you know if you think about all the websites that you go to from major news sites espn you know all these things they have ads on them mm-hmm. how do they get on there you know and that's that's programmatic advertising you know and being able to just do general media buying mm-hmm. so we we kind of diversify and obviously if there's something that's already working you know we work on scaling it but then we find the little pockets where we see potential you know and then work on trying to uh, do very small tests to validate scaling them up and then we work to work to scale them up so i guess in a way it's kind of a, a data based approach but also also equally factoring in the you know who the person's trying to reach and the audience, and mm-hmm. even the you know the psychology. So like you know because people on social networks like Facebook, they may, when they go on Facebook they may be standing in line at the grocery store scrolling through their feed. Right. You have to have a really strong attention grabbing ad, you know, versus someone that's going onto YouTube or Google and searching how how do I do X you know, they're, they, they're looking for something they have intent. So we look at the psychology and on how all that plays together. And I think the third thing, you know, really is just kind of looking at basically the, you know, the metrics, but also the, it's not always, you know, about like the front end numbers, you know, it's really looking at the back end too. So we look at like know what is the lifetime value because we may find someone that wants a quick solution. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a quick sell, but then you know that customer is kind of a one and done thing. So we look at the back end as well. You know, like what are what where are customers coming from that are you know becoming, you know, a customer for life.
0: Yeah, sure. No, that's that's great, that's great advice. I really like that. So so Tim if if someone wanted to reach out and learn more about you or your services, what would you say is the best way to get in
1: touch? Yeah, sure. So the best way is probably to just go to ProfitLayer.com or TimothyDig.com. Find me on any social media, really LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere like that, or just get old email, Tim at ProfitLayer.com. Anyone wants to to reach me, you know, any of, any of those are all solid options.
0: Love it. Love it. Tim, this has been
1: great. Thank you for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.